Welcome to the Purple Political Breakdown. I am glad you are here and I'm glad you are listening to today's podcast episode. My mission in each and every one of these episodes is to really focus on the solutions to some of the biggest questions and most controversial topics going on in our current society. I feel like most of these conversations are not truly being discussed in a more logical and respectful manner due to the political toxicity that goes on with both the left and the right, both the Democrats and the Republicans. In this podcast, I don't care about any of that. I am focused on the solutions. I'm focused on bridging gaps. If you want to join me on this journey, if you want to discuss some of the most important topics, if you are tired of the political toxicity and negativity from both sides, please support this channel, share the podcast, and go to my website, www.purplepoliticalbreakdown.com. I appreciate the support. I'll continue to make content and hopefully we can start bridging these gaps and focusing on real issues going on in our world. Welcome to the Purple Political Breakdown. How's it going? How's your day been? And we are back on the podcast and this is another Mindful Mondays to kind of get your brain working throughout the week and going over a topic of discussion that I think that you may find very, very interesting. To start this episode out, I, I have a question for all of you, of course, and that question is, is social media ruining children? Now, keep that question in mind because that's going to be very important, and I'm going to talk about social media and its impact especially TikTok, of course. And the reason why I'm having this conversation is there was a recent social media CEO Senate hearing. Now, I watched the most of it. Uh, it's kind of started getting repetitive and didn't really offer much, so I stopped at a certain point. But I got the general gist of the conversation that people want to have, of course. And I think it's a legitimate thing to bring up in terms of the value of social media because social media how i interpret it and its presence in society is it's another world it's another way of life at this point social media is not a game that people just play here and there it's not virtual reality which eventually may be another world as well no it's literally a second life so that is how we should treat its significance and its impact on the youth, on adults, on old people, etc., etc. So I'm going to dive right into that, of course. Um, I don't have a review to read out right now. I did see one comment. I'm going to kind of share this. I forgot what the comment said. But I was reacting to some video, uh, video and this is not a positive comment, but it was kind of funny. Uh, I was reacting to a political video for my YouTube channel, Purple Political Breakdown. Make sure to go check it out. And this guy commented and saying, man, that's all the black people do. All they do is say, yeah, what's up, dude? And, you know, shake their head up and down when they're reaction. That's the only content they could do nowadays, which was hilarious to me. Because one, obviously, he's racist because he saw my color of my skin and then made that assumption. And I think I might have been wearing a do-rag in that video, too. So that might have helped with the stereotype. And the second thing, of course, is he didn't watch the video. I speak very particularly. I don't say, dude, what's up, 
like that. I say whatever I want. And uh, he didn't see what I was saying. He didn't like what I was saying. But, hey, W racism. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that was funny. I'm not going to take offense to that. But it, it tells you that in a society that we're progressing more and more, racism, sexism, that stuff will still exist no matter how far we progress. It's up to you to decide how you react to it. I just make joke of the situation and move on. Some people get more upset. It's really what path you want to take. I think the more professional approach, the approach where this is just a random nobody that means nothing to you, is a little bit more efficient, let me tell you. So with that said, let's dive into our sub-segment before we dive into our main segment with our deep or deeper topic. Deep or deeper. So the question I have for you is, can entertainment value and self-content creation boom other industries? So I thought of this question, and I thought it was a very interesting point, that we do know that TikTok in particular and other like short clip content creation and other marketing strategies as well on social media provide a very innate value to these jobs that really nobody cares about. And I see nowadays how certain clips and certain content has kind of exploded to an extent. And a, a new type of appreciation is given to a lot of these jobs that it, usually people won't care about. Let me let me ask you, how many people found it extremely fascinating and, and, and calming to watch people cleaning a front yard? People cleaning a backyard? People chopping wood. This is jobs that inherently, if you think to yourself, that you would say, nasty, I don't want to do it. But you see some other people take some pride into it and actually do their best in their job. And you and you see that there's a much more appreciation for the craft that you're seeing. And you see other jobs that exist nowadays and people tell them their stories. You see what they do. And... In a marketing aspect, this is kind of self-explanatory, right? You see a job that is much more appealing than you initially thought, or you see certain techniques or rules or, or benefits from the job you never knew before. That's going to market itself, and that's self-explanatory. But what I'm really focused on is the evolution of the value of the occupation, right? So... What I mean is that certain jobs exist out there, and I, I want to keep something in mind. I don't think you should create content for every job you do, right? There's certain privacy uh, situations that you have to take into consideration, um, and focus. Focus is extremely valuable that you focus on your job first and the content creation afterwards. But taking those two things out of the conversation, those th two things are very self-explanatory. The aspect that I'm talking about is showcasing a job and granting or gaining more joy from the position one thing i do know about humans is that human beings crave attention they just do now for me i don't i'll be honest and you might not believe me but i'm a pretty kind of anti-social narcissist i i don't care about people's opinions but most people do, and I think that's a good thing. Caring about other people's opinions is how we kind of create a, a proper society. So people care about other people's opinions. People care about other people's praise, all that good stuff. So if that's the case, 
that you get praise, you get positive reinforcement for you just showcasing your job, it's going to make you want to do more, do better. Initially, I always asked myself that to the people that constantly was creating like TikToks of them doing their job, like a teacher, for example, right? A teacher just doing their job. I never really know if it's, are you doing this because you care about the job or are you doing this for clicks and giggles? And even if they are just doing it for clicks and giggles, if they're doing a good job, is that a bad thing, right? If they're going out of their way to give their students experiences and teach them certain knowledges for the betterment of not only the kids, but the but society as a whole, is that necessarily a bad thing just because they're posting it online? Because you, you see a, a method, you see a, a way of doing it's positively reinforced and what's going to happen is more people are going to appreciate not only the job but maybe duplicate the technique for example let me give you an example right now right and i just made this up while i'm talking imagine a teacher the teacher is teaching the students and they created a certain type of game to get them invested into learning very particular things about society. Now, I'm not going to go into any very mature stuff, but at the very least, they, they created a, a technique, a wave, a, a game that makes them able to understand government better. Right. Let's let's kind of apply this to high schoolers. So this um, analogy or this example works a little bit better. So they create this game and this game allows them to not only understand the the importance of the government, but really reinforce how the three branches of government work, how each executive, legislative and uh, judiciary, what their responsibilities are. And yes, we do learn things, but when the, the most for the most part, students don't absorb information, they just remember information and that information will be forgotten very quickly but if you create a like a mock government society they start realizing oh yeah i'm an executive okay yeah i'm, I'm in the commander-in-chief i have certain international affair responsibilities um i actually can elect certain individuals that's a part of certain bureaucracies or maybe I'm the legislative. Okay, this is how I get voted. Um, I have certain uh, groups that kind of come that trickle down. So these different nuances of the government, and you see this strategy, and it's like these kids are like enjoying, absorbing, and really understanding what they're learning versus remembering it for a test. So something like that being shown on TikTok, a lot of people reinforce like, oh, that's such a great idea. And then it's getting kind of popularized where other teachers can gain the inspiration. And I'm just using teachers as an example because they're the position that's one of the most important positions in crafting society today. Like a, a teachers arguably is like a top five important position in all of society because they basically mold the next generation. And they're arguably very underpaid and have not enough resources to maximize the teaching that they're doing. So if if a platform like TikTok or any other social media platform can provide a space for them for their creativity to flourish and being reinforced, wouldn't that be a good thing? Wouldn't that boom 
the industry. And that's just one example, of course. You can kind of come up with this for other jobs, too. So it was an interesting thought that came to mind in terms of the value of content creation and entertainment. And one thing that we always have to recognize when it comes to people is that, yes, taking care of your responsibilities are innately valuable. But one thing that I always preach, the purpose behind you and your living, if you don't really have one, is enjoying your life. You you should enjoy what you do. You should enjoy everything about your life. Or you not everything, but you should enjoy your life for the majority of the for, for the majority of it, right? And then sometimes it's not you getting your dream job, but you experiencing joy through your job in a very different way potentially. So that's just one thing that I thought of. Uh, let me know what you guys think about that, of course, in the comments, or if you're gonna leave a review leave a five-star review i do appreciate it in apple Podcasts or spotify so that's something to consider and uh it's something that it probably wouldn't put into law but maybe more businesses will start understanding that type of value moving forward next we got is the main topic at hand right so what is what is it that we as a society care about we care about the children and the question i asked to start the podcast is is social media ruining children pod nation tv has you beamed up with out of this world award-winning podcast found exclusively on pod nation tv download pod nation tv for roku and fire tv pod nation tv out of this world now, there's a couple ways that I'm going to go about it because this is all in relation to the Senate committee meeting that took place between social media CEOs such as Discord, Meta, Twitter, slash X, Snapchat, um, those type of platforms. And there's a lot of questions. And I'm going to start off by saying this so you guys understand my point of view. One, I do think social media and the way it's treated should be improved. Two, I think the people at the Senate committee meeting are not the people to improve it because they don't understand how social media works. There's a lot of things that I heard in that Senate meeting that was absolutely ridiculous to me. Their understanding of social media and the value of social media is so base level. And I heard one senator, a senator, keep in mind, say this, that. It's too hard on parents to learn how social media works. And this was the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard in my life. Because imagine you as a parent giving something to your kid without understanding how it works first. That's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense, right? You don't know you don't need to know the ins and outs in particular, but to say that you can't grasp the ability to understand the basics about it. Yes, kids, especially based on time, can learn so much more nuance behind it. Like for video games, for example, you know, you have kids that become amazing gamers and distract themselves. Well, ladies and gentlemen, social media is not a video game. It's another life. It's not just a text message. And understandably so, you should understand how text messaging work. But it's a platform that is way more than that. And I think that is the problem. Parents think it's just a game. It's not. It's not just texting someone. It's not any of that. It is way 
more than that. And it's always been more than that, even through the MySpace days, where there was games on it, where you can post things, you can put pictures, you can message people. It's always been more than a simple game. So, yeah, first starters, um, a lot of old people don't know how social media works. So a lot of the senators were kind of the statistics they brought out. They didn't understand their analysis of social media was very flawed. And it's unfortunate because there is a deeper conversation. Oh, they're doing a lot of gotcha moments with like Ted Cruz and some other senator where they were trying to go like, hey, man, gotcha. I got you with this fact, even though they didn't. And it was very hypocritical of the chairman saying, please, audience, don't cheer or clap for the witnesses. But there's multiple instances of senators looking for some um, reaction from the crowd and they clapped and cheered. And the chairman said nothing. That is disgusting and unprofessional. I'll be honest. It was one of the most unprofessional, one of the most idiotic Senate meetings I've ever seen in my life. Which is, again, unfortunate because there's a legitimate conversation here. It's just they aren't the ones to have it because they don't have no idea what they're talking about. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about social media. Let's talk about its impact. Now, I, I do want to start from one place before I want to get into the broader picture. I want to start with TikTok for a little bit because I think TikTok is the more most controversial social media platform, not because of how it operates as a social media platform, but who it's connected to, right? So I looked up a few things regarding TikTok, right? The first thing is TikTok has a parent company. That parent company is called ByDance. Now, ByDance is a company that it's in connection that is a in connection with China. I, I believe it's either it's owned by Ch- or it's a Chinese company or China's the majority global investor. It's one or the other. I don't know which one it is necessarily because Binance does work with other countries too. But one thing we do know regarding Chinese companies is they do have certain rules put in place that any information that the company gathers is then shared to China, of course. So I can understand the worry. Now, there's a few things that I understood or that I kind of verified on my end. For one, ByteDance is a Chinese company. TikTok is not. Matter of fact, there is a version of TikTok that is in China called Douyin. So let me read this for you. While TikTok is not available in mainland China, Douyin is a short-form video application that is often portrayed as the Chinese version of TikTok. Douyin has to follow Chinese media laws and a Chinese phone number is required to download Douyin. TikTok is available in many countries around the world and is beholden to the laws of the country it operates in. Douyin has more features than TikTok. For example, Douyin has hotel booking and e-payment features in the application. It also offers full-length movies in addition to standard short-form video. Douyin preceded TikTok. Douyin was launched in 2016, whereas TikTok was launched in 2017. So... These are completely different platforms, and I think there's a, well, to be fair, I didn't know this either. There's a uh, misinterpretation in terms of TikTok and its relation to China. TikTok is not technically owned by China, and there's a version of TikTok in China called Douyin, but they're completely different apps and run completely different, right? So that's something that I want to point out 
from what I found out. I, I think that distinction is very, very interesting. But having the worry for the parent company being ByteDance is still something that I, I think is legitimate. I think it's a legitimate concern that TikTok still answers to its parent company to an extent and what information that they're giving their parent company. Therefore, what is their parent company information giving to China? So there's another thing that they've been working on called Project Texas. Project Texas is a proposal from TikTok to move U.S. data into a third-party cloud infrastructure to create more transparency and security. Only a team of U.S. residents would have access to that user data. All TikTok user data is currently stored in Singapore and Virginia. TikTok CEO Xiao Zichu, uh, do you want to say that TikTok CEO is from Singapore? said in an interview with the New York Times that he expected data localization to be a theme in the future. He also said that TikTok's goal of providing localized data management for each country is a novel one that is challenging and expensive. Project Clover is a similar initiative designed to store data locally in Ireland and Norway for European data. So Project Texas is something that TikTok is working on. So that way, that information that people are worried about goes to a cloud that only the United States has access to. So it's a very interesting things going on with TikTok, and it does provide more clarity on the legitimacy of TikTok. To be fair, this is kind of surface-level knowledge. I would be more interested in a little bit more intricate details, but this does seem like a step in the right direction in my personal opinion, right? So uh, we got that out of the way. Now let's talk about TikTok a little, or more social media in a little bit broader terms. One thing that I have issue with is constantly in that Senate committee meeting, there is a number of excuses for parents. And the reason why I bring that up is one, technically a lot of these social media platforms are not for children necessarily. Um, I think the maximum age for a lot of these platforms is 13 years old, but they're not supposed to be for children. I, I remember Mark Zuckerberg talking about how app stores should require a certain level of identification before downloading the app. That way a child can just download whatever apps they want. I think that's an interesting proposal, but move beyond that. I don't understand the worry of establishing certain barriers for children to access this platform at these platforms and i don't really understand it because we want the most protection for children but also we are so concerned about ourselves that we want to push back we rather just get rid of the platform altogether and then instead of like making changes that's in the betterment of everybody's safety so i, I want to point out that when it came down to it there's so many times I heard about a child potentially being suicidal. So many times I heard about a child going on social media and sending certain photos to people. And it made me think, like, what is the parent doing? What is the parent doing while their child is suicidal? What is the parent doing while their child is sending inexplicit photos through social media what is the parent doing allowing these type of interactions like for me my common sense thinks that i should i would pay attention to every single detail that a child without enough experience child without enough perspective and an ignorant child that doesn't know how the world works 
I want to make sure I understand what they're doing at every step of the way. And you may say that that's a little bit excessive, but to who? Because you won't let your child just go out to like, let's say I, I live in um, Iowa, right? I, I don't live in Iowa, but let me just name a state. I live in Iowa. You won't just send your child to New York and just go do whatever they want, would you? This is the problem, the lack of perspective. Don't think of social media as this game. Social media is a different world. It is a whole new life. It's a life with an identity. It's a life where your words mean something, where you can take pictures of yourself so your image means something. It's a world where you can increase your status or lower your status. It's a world where you can interact with people all at any point in time. It is a whole nother world. So we understand that we don't want children in our current face-to-face -face world to just do whatever they want without supervision. So why would you not have that same energy for people, for kids doing the same thing in a virtual world? It sounds ridiculous, I know, because parents should have the, the understanding at this point that just letting your kid scroll through social media is not the right answer. So how do we deal with this? How do we make sure that the children are potentially using these platforms for good? Well, there's different ways you can go about it. First things first, up until they're like a teenager, how about you don't let them go on the social media platform? What does a kid need to do on Twitter? What does a kid need to do on TikTok? What does a kid need to do on Discord? You may say, oh, interact with their friends. Well, they can download a text messaging app or they can text them and talk to them that way. They don't need to be on the social media platform where they interact with strangers. They can have personal contacts and interact with very specific people. So you can go the route where they don't need to be on social media, which they don't. So I'm not going to allow them. And until they're older and they understand the nuances of social media, then they won't need to go on social media until maybe they're in high school. When I when I, I guess it matters more. Well, let's say you're one of those type of parents that go like, no, I want my kid to go on social media, especially since all the other kids are on social media. One other thing that I want to propose. Why don't we allow age verification? Why, why, why is there an issue with age verification? Let's say you are in favor or not in favor of social media. The best way to ensure that the right people go on social media, the right ages go on social media, is if you can verify the information. People are so concerned, oh, I don't want my ID with the social media company. They know everything about you already. It is absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous to think that these social media companies don't already know your name, which they do. You probably used your name at some point. They don't know your birthday, which they do. You probably put your birthday in there more than likely. They don't know your location, which they do. They know all this information. What information are you hiding? Unless you don't want to put your social security, which you don't have to. What ID has the social security on it? What information are you hiding? Your driver's license ID? Oh, big whoop. What are they going to do with your driver's license identification? People are concerned for no reason. That's just, they're just being panicked of stuff they don't understand. And usually these are the case because people don't have the necessary perspective and nuance and understanding of what has actually happened. 
They're getting panic for for like emotional trigger words. Trigger words such as, oh, I don't want the government to have my information. They they hear that statement and they get all panicky even though the government probably already has your information. Ultimately, a lot of this stuff doesn't matter. And every time you scroll through the internet, there's a reason why the algorithms constantly put very specific things that you want in front of you because they have your information already. The panic is ridiculous and it doesn't make any sense. So edge verification will ensure your kid doesn't go on social media platforms when they're not supposed to. And I guess there's another part about it that I really, there's another kind of idea that constantly circulates through my head. Why, if we want, or if we're okay with allowing children, teenagers to go on social media, everybody under the age of 18, why don't we create social media platforms specifically for kids? I don't see any logic or reasoning why this can't be the case, especially if we provide age verification. So imagine it like this, right? We have TikTok, we have YouTube. Well, YouTube actually already has a kid version. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those platforms make a kid version. These are billionaires, they can do it. And because you have a kid version, there's certain securities that you can guarantee for that version that you won't guarantee for the normal version. For obvious reason, you're adults, you want your privacy. This is a kid version. This is a teen version. You don't need privacy. So all that's out the window. Right there in terms of the privacy part, in terms of security part, that is way amped up. 100% amped up. In terms of reports from kids, that is much more um, integral, much more important. Worries from kids, reports from kids, you know, potential dialogue from kids there can be a much better eye on what is going on versus the normal platform where they still pay attention, but again, it's adults. And sometimes adults complain for nothing. Sometimes you are, oftentimes they want adults to have their own privacy. Kids don't need all that. You have a specific security team. You have a specific um, platform that is a part of the main platform. And when they grow up, they can go to the or when they hit a certain age, they can move on to the older, uh, the adult platform. But that platform allows you to only interact with kids, only interact with teenagers. Anybody that is suspect that tries to get on, they have to verify their age. How do they verify their age? They verify their age using identification. Okay, fine. They're on the platform. Everything they say will be monitored. So any pedophile that's trying to do pedophile things, they'll be monitored. It's a more secure system. It allows kids to still use social media. And it's just good for everybody. I don't see just having social media platforms create a conversion. Is anything I said ridiculous, do you think? I, I don't think so. The only issue that people may have is people may steal my information, even though they already have your information. Other than that, I don't know what's ridiculous about that. Just Or just don't let your kid use social media. There's one thing that I, that I am with, and... They constantly talk about the liability of social media companies, and they talk about multiple acts that they want to implement. Now, I looked over one of the acts. I think it was the CSIM Act, which I believe is child sexual exploitation, some other part about it. And the CSIM Act, um, the Earn It Act, these are acts that are t put in or potentially put in place 
to hold social media companies more liable for potential wrongful actions. Now, the standard of proof seemed to me be knowingly or intentionally by the social media companies causing harm. Now, the problem from what I saw is one, the social media companies did indicate that they would be willing to agree with it if there's certain amendments. The senators say, I don't care if you blah, blah, blah. Do you agree with it? Yes or no? Acting like fucking children. But with that said, the problem with the act from what I saw, and I just did, you know, brief research on it, is that there's potential issues with the evidence that is being used based off encryption material. So what I mean is that there's encryption material that can be used as evidence against the company, the, the social media company and encryption material are encrypted. So there's no possible way the social media companies can really find out what this material is. So the social media companies want to put something into place so they are not held liable for encrypted material that they can't access is what it seems like to me the biggest hang up regarding these acts in terms of intentionality and knowing, yeah, if they intentionally did something, I do think they should be blamed, but intentionally doing something revolving encrypted material is really tough to kind of advocate for if it's encrypted, right? So that is what I saw. Ultimately, if social media companies do wrongful things, they should be held liable for those actions. But the people who are trying to implement these policies don't understand social media for the most part. So it's hard for them to put something in place. I think all you got to do is remove um, any liability from encrypted material. And I think you could progress further. Am I wrong? Let me know in the comments section. But that is all we got for today's episode of the Purple Political Breakdown. Mindful Mondays, a conversation that I want to have with you. If you are interested to come on the podcast or interested to have a back and forth dialogue, feel free to let me know. Subscribe to the channel, Purple Political Breakdown. Rate the podcast five stars. Uh, appreciate everybody supporting it and share the word, share the news. The model of the podcast is political solutions without political bias. And again, I ask you a question. Is social media ruining children? Let me know in the comment section and we'll have that back and forth conversation. We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude. Even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know. 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep.